This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place the Talk. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's the Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. Now from Adams Place on Memorial Boulevard, it's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. Here's Truman Jones. Okay, it's the Greg Tucker show today. Good morning, Truman. Uh, you know, usually when we're on, we've already kind of a little bit pre-planned what we're going to talk about. We do. Uh, I must have well, missed a that. Bit. I, I mean, you you would do a little work at home. I, I, oh as yeah. We know I never pre-plan anything. <laughs> I just like to be whenever some subject is brought up. We will attack it or whatever. Well, but you're you're very methodical about planning your wardrobe. I know for each day. Yes, I make sure I have on. Uh, I've got about four pairs of shorts and and uh, and t-shirts, and uh, and and friends of mine like uh, Kevin Creasy. He he will always bring me uh, clothes to wear for <laughs> Oakland and things like that. So, I, I'm a, I'm. A, I think I look pretty um, snazzy. Uh, this morning it was a little bit chilly, though. No, no, it was nice this morning. Oh, it's absolutely gorgeous, and if you like, we rain. won't we won't see the sun probably for the next six or seven days. That may from be. what it looks like. We were hoping for rain. We needed rain, and we got enough right now. We could stop for a while now. So you like, and you need rain more than I do. I, I'm not a, uh, a person who enjoys the wet weather. I, I love the when it's sunny and dry, and uh, I, when I get outside, I start sweating as soon as I go out the door. That that's that's my kind of season. All right. <laughs> you know, one of the things that I've always noticed about you is you attract unusual people. Now you you're going to sit there and and you're going to scowl at me and and well you're right I'll have to agree because one of my best friends is a former sheriff who's turned disc jockey or something radio man and and you're right I do have I some, thought I was pretty normal I, you're right I do have some <laughs> unusual friends one of my best friends <laughs> yeah but 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 you do I I think that that's one of the things. About your personality, you do attract those things. Well, well, I always want to learn what I can about our local history. Yeah. So I do cultivate friends who've got different experiences in or about Rutherford County. And wherever you go, just like where you live now, you live out in the country, and you lot have a lot of farmers that are friends of yours. And but it, it doesn't just stay with that. Almost every farmer that I've ever known 
has a unique personality in other type things. And uh, you, you were telling me that one of your good friends that you went to school with at Vanderbilt, uh, uh, you, you were giving me a little background on him. And actually, it's fascinating t to me. Now, they may not walk in the, in the same uh, uh, roads that I walk in, but I do love the, um, I, I don't know, the variety of, of, of the type of friends that you have. Well, my friend, Happy Heilman, came over and spent most of Saturday with us. Uh, I got to know Hap when we were at Vanderbilt together. He's a year behind me. Brilliant, academically brilliant. Uh, but he still claims that he's the only uh, Vanderbilt student initiated into Phi Beta Kappa, that's the academic mm -hmm. society, uh, who attended the induction barefoot. He was our first generally recognized, I guess for lack of a better term, hippie mm -hmm. on campus. And uh, after camp, after we gra he graduated, he was a, he made furniture and got interested in plants, and uh, developed a business uh, based down in Hickman County, uh, raising and selling exotic herbs, plants, uh, whatever, to high-end restaurants in Nashville. And now owns a home in Cambodia and a home in Thailand and several hundred acres down in Hickman County and uh, several uh, properties in Metro. He's done very well for himself, but he's still uh, out barefoot most of the time. Did he enjoy Woodstock? No, Woodstock was probably before him. Uh, wouldn't be much before him. No, that's right. We're looking at something like, what, the 50th anniversary or something like that of yeah. Woodstock. Yeah, I'd, I've never asked him if he made it to Woodstock, but uh, he uh, came from a uh, rural family, uh, very modest means, and uh, went his own way. And... Uh, it's quite comfortable. He did uh, marry a beautiful girl there in Vanderbilt who he lost about two years ago. Yeah. And uh, we've tried to keep up to him. And he did scold me or caution me about something. He said, when your wife called me and I found the callback message from her, it scared me dead. I said, what do you mean it scared you? He said, I thought, why would she be calling me instead of you unless something had happened to you? Yeah. And I thought, well, he's right, you know, so we should always open the conversation with everybody's healthy, assuming that's the case. Yeah. Uh, we never think about that, do we? But no, that's why he, Jackie and I always were. But he was concerned when he first returned the call that maybe I was having problems. Yeah. And she was calling for me. Well, he could have called me. I would have been glad to tell him all your problems. Uh, well, you're talking yeah. about names and people, uh, some early names in Rutherford County. I mean, we always think of the Murphy family name. Yes. We're still fortunate enough to have some direct name descendants of the Murphys in our in our group of friends. Uh, uh, Lytle would be another name. Mm -hmm. One that, uh, to me, 
it really goes to the earliest origins, contemporary with uh, those two, but really more involved early on, is the name Rucker, R-U-C-K-E-R. Yeah. And interesting, almost all of our early uh, place names are families that came from North Carolina because Tennessee was originally part of North Carolina. Mm -hmm and the revolutionary grants were to the Carolina militia, uh, which brought those families, those names in. The Ruckers, though, come from a little different uh, path. The Rucker uh, pioneers in this area came from Virginia. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, The patriarch, I guess would say, that started the Rucker migration was Benjamin Rucker, a wealthy Virginia landowner. And he was a Revolutionary War veteran, but he would not have gotten any grant over in Tennessee. Uh, Virginia was granting in Kentucky, so it became Kentucky, mm -hmm. but not here. Uh, but he had four sons, Thomas, James, Gideon, and Bennett. And... Uh, all four of them, for reasons I, have, I don't know, but they took an interest in uh, what became later Middle Tennessee. Yeah. And uh, they began buying uh, properties in what later became Rutherford County. Note that uh, the father was f financing or making available to his sons much of the... Uh, Funds to to make purchases here. Uh, Who were they purchasing the land from? Well, let, let's look at that. Uh, Benjamin Rucker is the father who never came this way. He stayed in Virginia. Uh, he had uh, about three thousand acres near Amherst County, Virginia. Forty to fifty slaves and about three thousand pounds, British pounds. They were still dealing with the old the the coin of the enemy, mm -hmm. the British pounds were still at that time the main currency. Uh, he had about uh, 3,000 British pounds, um, the research shows. Uh, so with the father's substantial backing, the brothers began investing in, in Tennessee land. Uh, remember at that time, the southern reaches of Davidson County include all of what later became Rutherford County. Uh, but there was a land speculator. A, he was a banker, uh, promoter of uh, land sales and such, and had speculated named George Dederick up mm. in Nashville. There's still a street Dederick yeah. in Nashville named for him. And he may be the ones who uh, pointed out to the Ruckers the opportunity to buy and invest in southern Davidson County at the time. Uh, let's see, the first one, I am looking at some notes I got here. Uh, Dederick sold 640 acres to one of the Rucker boys, and that was land which Dederick had acquired. And what Dederick would do after the grants were registered, he would contact the revolutionary veteran uh, and determine whether the veteran intended to migrate over to the Tennessee or whether he'd like to cash out quickly. And there was a substantial number that took the cash out. 
So Dederick was buying, sometimes buying directly from the grantee, sometimes buying from another speculator. So the land back and forth quite a bit. A fellow named Nehemiah Smith was the private who got the 640 acres that Dederick managed to buy from him and then sold to uh, one of the Rockers. Uh, at the same time, uh, another one of the brothers, Gideon, purchased about 500 acres from Dederick. Uh, so I think Dederick clearly is the one that got them interested in the area. Uh, he, Gideon made two purchases. He also bought about 500 acres adjacent to his original purchase, which had gone. Is this sight unseen? Oh, yeah, very much so. Uh, they were taking uh, Dederick's word for what it was, and I guess uh, land back then was so cheap for mm -hmm. those who had a little money. Uh, so where where was this registration going to be as far as the purchase of the land? All right. The brothers Thomas and James bought 5,000 acres from uh, Dederick, but it was part of what had originally been the grant to Isaac Shelby. Mm -hmm. prominent name in Tennessee. Do you know it's also prominent in Kentucky because Isaac did not come to Tennessee, uh, sold most of the granted land granted to him there. He ended up, or didn't end up, but at one time was the governor of Kentucky. Mm -hmm. Big land holdings right about where the east and west forks of the Stones River merge uh, on the side away from uh, uh, where we are now. Uh, and 5,000 acres went to two of the Rucker boys. Uh, would have been what we call the Jefferson area. Oh, Jefferson. Yeah, Gideon, however, his purchase was over towards uh, Milton, what is we know as the Milton community, Porter, Porterfield, that mm -hmm. area, over on the uh, east side of what became the county. Um, In fact, Gideon eventually owned several thousand acres over in eastern Rutherford. Uh, once they had acquired the land, then they did move this direction. Interesting that the four Rucker brothers married four sisters. Let's talk about getting a close family connection. There. Yeah. Uh, they all had the same in-laws. They were daughters of William and Johanna Reed of Amherst in Virginia. Uh, what I'm leading to is uh, by the time the county was being set up uh, the and the county seat was selected up in Jefferson, one of the Ruckers owned the house in what became Jefferson where the commission back then called the county court mm -hmm. first met uh, in Jefferson in the Rucker home. Another one of the boys built his home over on the East Fork in the area that now is part of the VA property. Mm. And uh, Gideon went uh, to the eastern extreme and built his home, first part of it in about 1796, which puts it uh, being built right at the time of statehood, Tennessee statehood and uh, built a 
brick home adjoining his original log structure in about 1806. So that's right about the time that the county county was first chartered in 1803, but they set up the county uh, seat in Jefferson mm -hmm. about 1806. So you can see how far back they reach. In fact, one or maybe more than one of the Ruckers were on the petition to set up a new county. And uh, in any event, the uh, Uh, after they arrived, again, I'm looking at notes, the, well, the place exactly, uh, it was, all of them were in Rutherford County until the 1830s. In the 1830s, you know, Cannon County was created. Mm -hmm. And uh, Cannon County took the eastern part of Rutherford County, uh, almost from uh, what became Woodbury back to the west all the way to uh, Readable, the county line there. Yeah. Had originally been Rutherford County. But when they got to uh, Gideon's home, they very carefully took the boundaries of his property as the boundaries of the county. So his property still today is called Rucker's Knob. is a big uh, knob, prominent uh, hill right behind where he built his house. And the line goes up his western boundary over the knob, which he owned half of, at least at the time. And uh, uh, after a few years, though, Gideon decided to move down towards Readable. And there used to be, it's still on some maps, a little community just east of Readable called Culpeper. And that's where he built his home. And then he sold... Uh, Rucker's knob to his brother Bennett. So then Bennett Rucker took over that particular property. And uh, that property stayed in the Rucker line of descendants. Uh, of course, the names changed as, as the daughters married. Uh, Goodlow is still prominent in the cemetery there. And they came on down to I think the last name that uh, was a Rucker descendant was Hare, H-A-R-E, uh, who married a Mason. So mm -hmm. some of the folks up in that area still will refer to the Mason mansion, the Mason property. Uh, it uh, stayed in the Rucker line of descendants except for one period in about 1910 to 1920 when uh, the one who had the property at the time uh, had mortgaged out the property. Mm -hmm. And uh, the mortgage went into default. And actually an outfit, a mortgage company up in Illinois, Chicago, had title to the property for a short time. But uh, a descendant of the Ruckers uh, who had not been in the line of descent on the property, but who was related to the Rutgers, uh, came in and paid off the mortgage and brought the property back into the Rucker line in the 1920s. And uh, the last family to be permanently there was a daughter of the Hares and her husband, who the husband's name, the last name, was Mason. He was raised on Short Mountain in uh, Cannon County. 
married the heiress, I guess you'd say, to the Rutgers Knob property. Uh, and he was a history professor at Annapolis, mm. the Naval Academy. And uh, when he retired, uh, they moved to Rutgers Knob. And, uh, you know, once again, it was the home for Rutgers descendants. They had a daughter who never lived in the uh, mansion, never lived on the farm, was raised up in uh, Maryland where he was teaching. Uh, and she had married and relocated to California. So when uh, Ruth Hare Mason, uh, the widow of the professor, died, uh, the house stood empty. Mm -hmm. uh, people uh, was full of all the personal property and such. And the uh, daughter was not interested in moving to this area. <laughs> I wonder if she'd have a different attitude now that this was about 15 years ago. And so she sold the property. And uh, let's see, it was maintained but not occupied for about 10 years. And in 2005, uh, no, 2017, the property was sold at auction and a family, I remember uh, a brief discussion with the intended purchaser was going to use the mansion as their private home. Mm -hmm. I believe he was a banker uh, with Pinnacle, Pinnacle Bank in any event, bought it with uh, at least indicating that that was his intent was to uh, refurbish, update, take off some of the additions to the house that clearly were not uh, uh, representing the early architecture. The architecture of the house is what we call Georgian style, uh, not popular in North Carolina or Tennessee in that time, but was popular in Virginia. And to me, it has kind of a plain front look uh, with uh, two rooms on the ground floor, two rooms above. This one was interesting because the old log structure, at least part of it, was still on the back of the the brick house. Mm -hmm. uh, the brick house with the dentaling trim and, and some other unique features, uh, architecturally very significant. I helped the people out at Middle Tennessee State, the history people there, uh, document and research the history of the property. And in... Uh, 2005-2006, it was placed on the National Registry as mm. a historic property. Uh, in any event, in 2015, it was sold, and I learned about two weeks ago that the house and all the uh, buildings around it, uh, or the attached log building, are gone. Oh, wow. Uh, one lesson here is being on the historic registry doesn't mean the building the the architectural history is going to be preserved so we've did, lost did they, did they not notify you of what they were doing i learned uh, from a neighbor initially and then checked with uh, real estate people yeah and uh, no i've not been back out to the site it's private property uh but i'm told that uh 
the you went out to the sale though, didn't you? Oh, I was there at the yeah. sale time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I saw I saw the picture of the of the of the home and the land, and it's beautiful as far as I'm concerned. Well, I wrote about the house back in uh, 2015, I guess, yeah. and uh, noted that it is at least part of it is older than Rutherford County, mm. and clearly was the oldest structure still standing in Cannon Rutherford County. Yeah. The part of Rutherford County that's now Cannon County. But it's gone. And uh, like any uh, structure that's taken down, it's gone forever. Now, fortunately, there's some, some pictures and some written history of it. But, uh, uh, and I'm told the decision was after studying engineering and spending some money, the decision was made that the old uh, historic structure would not serve the family the way they wanted to build mm. so it was gone uh, and uh, do they still own that land yeah it was about 40 acres it ultimately was with the house yeah and I presume they'll build on it but uh, maybe we can work something to put up a uh, plaque or a monument of some kind that'll give a little history but uh, the Rucker name uh, has been very, very prominent uh, and still today uh, is prominent in uh, Rutherford County. And to me, it's a tragic loss to lose the original home yeah. after that many years. But, uh, and as I said, there's a lesson there. Getting on the historic registry doesn't mean that uh, it's going to still be there. Well, plans are not always kept anyway as far as the things that you're looking at. And it takes a special individual or a special family to uh, reach out and and that type of history bring it back to life again. It, it's very difficult. Well, it takes a commitment, and I'd warn anybody considering uh, purchase and use of historic properties, historic structures, You've got to be committed yeah. to maintaining it above any other objective. Uh, and uh, uh, that's not always the case. Well, you take, you take a look at Gordon and, and Sarah Bell, what they've done with their home. And that's an everyday thing. You, 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 um, it has to be your main goal in life is, is to be able to keep it uh, operational. Well, part of what uh, the Mayor Catron, Catron's administration has done to try to encourage that, we've talked about many times, is the uh, tax abatement. Yeah. And uh, even if you don't use the tax abatement, the fact that the county has shown a commitment uh, tells you something that, uh, you know, if you're going to uh, uh, purchase and try to preserve uh, you're acting consistent with the objectives that the county has recognized. But, of course, this property was Cannon County. Yeah. So the tax abatement didn't reach there. I know that right now the corners, which is close in time to the beginnings of the county, the mansion of the old uh, Reedy property mm -hmm. over in Readable, uh, is being remodeled. But, uh, and it's a... a family from outside this area that uh, 
has purchased the property, I understand. But they have hired a uh, builder to do the renovation of the property mm -hmm. so it can be a private residence uh, who is personally committed to <coughs> preserving. In fact, uh, it's Bill Shaw. He's a member of the uh, Historic uh, Review Committee that mm -hmm. uh, works with the abatement. And uh, the, the corners is only about Oh, what, 50 feet outside the county. But again, the Rutherford County tax abatement wouldn't apply there. But still, there seems to be, so far, a commitment to preserving that historic home. When you say that most of the historical homes that uh, live up to that uh, type of abatement, most of them are in the city, aren't they? You say city of Murfreesboro. In a, in a Those that we're aware of and that are attracting uh, interest are mostly in city uh, but uh, it's a county-wide program and there are quite a number of uh, the old uh, what would you call them plantation homes yeah. still out there and uh, again it takes someone who's willing to make the commitment because to qualify for the tax abatement you really have to say yes uh, I'm going to preserve it and uh, if you uh, if, as in this case, the house that's been subject to the abatement is taken down and disappears, the uh, tax liability rolls all the way back to the beginning. Yeah. So uh, there's some teeth in the abatement that says you've got to be committed. And uh, if you're not committed, then the abatement uh, disappears and you've got to go, you know, 10 years back, if that's how long it's been, uh, and bring it forward pay it forward. I think the the last home that I remember that I would have loved to have had, but it would cost an absolute <coughs> fortune, was Marymount over off of Rucker Lane. And it was an absolutely gorgeous house. It, it was a, a tremendous farm. It, it just, you'd look at it and you'd go back 150 years or two, 200 years. But it it was it was pretty special. And those that have uh, ha of us that who have deep, deep roots there, it means a lot to us to to maintain that. But many many of us don't have the funds to, to keep it going. And I believe it is already on the historic register. Yeah. So uh, you know it's been acknowledged that it's. Historic. But it's in the right in the middle of a subdivision it's, right now too. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's amazing how I mean. <clears throat> We we get kind of aggravated when we see those things disappear, but it takes a big commitment to keep them here. It does. Yeah. And you guys at the um, Rutherford County Historical uh, uh, Society, you guys have done a tremendous job in in keeping it as many as, as you can inside. But I know a lot of people that... Uh, have bought those type of homes in Rutherford County, actually in the in Murfreesboro, and and what they've done to preserve those particular homes is it's uh, they deserve more than a pat on the back. Mm -hmm. They really do. Well, on a more positive, speaking of architectural history, uh, I recently wrote was in the uh, newsletter, current newsletter of the Historic Society, about a particular style of architecture that uh, is well represented in downtown Murfreesboro. 
Uh, it's what I call the Italianate. Uh, Italy, Italianate came from uh, the, some of the popular styles in Italy back 200 years ago. And uh, the most prominent example is Oakland's. And the style is identified, easily identified, in my opinion, by arches mm -hmm. and what I call symmetry. If you look at the front of a, a house or building with this style, the left side of the house is a mirror image of the right side, usually with high arches or some arches in the center, if not all the way across. Mm -hmm. And if you look at uh, Oakland's, it's a perfect example of that. It extends all the way out to the uh, uh, right and left extremes of the building. Uh, two others that are in private hands and uh, would certainly qualify for the tax abatement if they were going to be redone are at the corner of East Vine and uh, what is that, the Academy? Uh, one of the address is 460 East Vine. And then just right across the corner from that one is uh, 116 South, excuse me, it's Highland, not uh, Academy, 116 South Highland. And uh, we know that the one on South Highland uh, is where, or excuse me, the one on East Vine is where Dr. James B. Murphy, one of the original Murphy uh, descendants, mm -hmm. he was the grandson of Colonel Hardy Murphy, was a doctor and at one time was the mayor of Murfreesboro. That was his home, uh, at least in the 1870s, because we have maps that document that. Mm -hmm. uh, the house on South Highland, on the same, on the corner there of Highland and uh, Vine Street. Uh, it's got an interesting history too because it originally was a Main Street mansion right on the corner of Main Street in Highland. Mm -hmm. Now people say, oh, that's where the house with the lions, that's right. Yeah. The house with the lions wasn't built though until about 1912, uh, built by a very wealthy Darrow family. And what they Clarence Darrow? Not Clarence, but probably <laughs> related. <laughs> uh, they picked up the existing house and moved it back to the back corner of that block. Mm -hmm. And that's the house that's in the Italianate style, still there. And built the mansion that's uh, fronting on East Main now. Uh, and then in about 1912, we have a good example built about 1912 of how the Italianate style evolved into commercial buildings. And this is uh, the old post office there on uh, East College, or no, that'd be West College at that point. It changes right there at that corner. Uh, it also is in the Italianate style. And if you uh, disregard the addition on the west side and look at the old post office, it used to be a library, now is a performance venue. You'll see again the high arches in the center and a matching left and right style, again, mm -hmm. mirror image. Uh, one of the standard designs used by the post office back in those days. Most of this came from Europe, didn't it? The as style. far as, as the style oh, yeah. of homes. Yeah. Well, our courthouse is described as a Greek revival mm -hmm. style, uh, which actually was one of the more modern of the popular government building styles uh, and uh, 
when it was originally built, the courthouse was not Greek Revival, but it was remodeled in this period about 1908, 1909, and the facade was changed, so it became what they call Greek Revival at yeah. the time. People love to visit the southeast to see all of those amazing homes that were built, uh, and, and most of them uh, mimic, in, in a lot of ways, uh, Europe as it was, and before we actually became a country. Well, we had a visitor from California who had family connections here, Nash family. Mm -hmm. uh, and we had him on the air for once or twice. Mm -hmm. He's an author. And he asked me once, he says, how come all the old homes around here look the same, same style? Well, he had seen very few. Yeah. He had noticed that the Sam Davis home uh, out in my part of the county, the Murray Kittrell Mansion, are high two-story columns in the front mm -hmm. with a balcony usually above and matching wings on either side, uh, which is called a colonial. And he, he's right in the sense that that was quite popular, particularly popular out in the uh, rural areas, yeah. on the farms, the large farms. Uh, and I guess it was influenced by some European style, but it almost looks like an Italianate variation without the arches but with yeah. the, the symmetry and the high uh, middle portion of the house let's take a quick break all right we'll be right back with greg tucker from nhc's adams place home of premier senior living on memorial boulevard it's the truman show on news radio wgns FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Del Wamsley here. The first thing you're going to have to learn is until you stop expecting the politicians or anyone else to change your life, your life isn't going to change. The only person who can change your life is you, but you need to know how. Turn off the pundits and turn on the passive income. Tune in to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Listen to my show, the Del Wamsley Radio Show where the hype ends and the help begins. Catch the Dell Walmsley Radio Show, Monday through Saturday, 11 to noon, here on News Radio WGNS. How are you feeling today? More than an empty question, it's a real reminder to reach out to coworkers, friends, family, and neighbors. Remind them to get the care they need. Someone you know may be delaying important emergency care, chronic care, or emotional care. At Ascension St. Thomas, appointments are available now with strict precautions in place for your safety and our care. Ask about virtual visits. ERs at Ascension St. Thomas hospitals are open 24-7. Get the care you need at getsthealthcare.com. Middle Tennessee football is officially back in action on Saturday, September the 4th. Your Blue Raiders host preseason number one Big South Conference pick Monmouth with kickoff set for 6 p.m. Boyd Stadium provides guaranteed fun for fans of all ages with the Blue Raider Beer Garden featuring Steel Barrel Brewery, Family Fun Zone offering inflatables, carnival games, and ice cream station, plus post-game fireworks. Make plans to come early for the Raider Walk and wear your blue. Purchase tickets, head to GoBlueRaiders.com slash tickets. We're stronger together inside Floyd Stadium. Go Blue! Sometimes the world can seem a cold place, so we gotta bring the warmth to it. Sometimes the world can seem a broken place, so we gotta strive to fix it. At the end of the day, we are empowered to create the world we wanna live in. 
So we prepare for the worst, but we must always, always expect the best. Smith & Wesson, empowering Americans. For the ones going above and beyond. For the ones reaching out, helping out, and lending a hand. For the ones people count on. You can count on Granger. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, backed by 24-7 customer support and specialists to help with hard-to-find products. Because you've got everyone's back, we've got yours. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Now, an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. The Depot District Barbecue Festival was a huge success Saturday. Front Street from the roundabout to College Street was for pedestrians only, and they packed the area. Live music, activities, and delicious barbecue kept the family-friendly fun flowing throughout the evening. Pictures of the event are available online on our website at WGNSRadio.com. Vandalism of a Middle Tennessee church run by a controversial pastor is being investigated. Pastor Greg Locke says Global Vision Bible Church in Mount Juliet was vandalized Saturday night. Your Lies Cost Lives was spray-painted on church property. Locke has been critical of COVID-19 safety precautions, including claiming that Governor Bill Lee has authorized quarantine caps and says worshipers who wear masks to services could be kicked out. One of the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation's most wanted is under arrest. The Bedford County Sheriff's Office and the TBI says Samuel Earl Rich surrendered this weekend. He was wanted for attempted murder for allegedly shooting a woman in Bedford County. He was also wanted for questioning by Metro Police in connection to the murder of a 22-year-old James William Warner. His body was found by Metro Water Services crew on Friday morning. Rutherford County music fans should be aware that the Bluebird Cafe has announced new COVID-19 precautions. Starting Friday, anybody planning to enter the legendary music venue will need proof of being vaccinated or a negative test within the previous 48 hours. The vaccination record must show the final shot was taken at least 14 days prior and the records shown have to match government-issued IDs. The Bluebird Cafe says it's making the health and safety of its staff, songwriters, and customers the highest priority. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. Here at Bud's Tire, we make buying Michelin tires simpler. I'm Allison Mitchell with Bud's Tire Pros. We offer a straightforward approach to service, including nationwide warranties with every purchase. Stop in today to see our full lineup of Michelin and BF Goodrich tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin and BF Goodrich have a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. We're located on East Main Street, exactly three miles from the town square, one mile past Rutherford Boulevard. Visit us online at BudsTireProsTN.com. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website and Alexa or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. We'll see a few scattered showers and storms at times this afternoon with mostly cloudy skies, a high in the mid-80s. Winds out of the southeast around 5 to 10 miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 70. Premier Six Theater on Broad and Jackson Heights, showing all of your favorite movies. Call their hotline, 896-4100, or go seeamovie.com. Popcorn pop fresh daily. Their movie hotline, 896-4100, or go seeamovie.com. Premier Six on Broad and Jackson Heights. 
from NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard. It's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. And welcome back with Greg Tucker and. Uh, he was singing a song for us while you guys were off the air. What a great voice he had. What was it? Uh, give me the, the, the deed to your property, Ray yeah. Stevens. Is that what you were saying? Yes, right. <laughs> You're an entertaining man. Oh, uh, well. You even keep me awake. Which I stumble is, frequently. It's pretty hard to do. <clears throat> now, now uh, we were, uh, we were talking about, a bit about land deeds and things, yeah, the measurements and of the point, properties. The and point was like that. that at one time the actual deed with original signatures was almost like currency. Yeah. That, and in the song, which Ray Stevens made famous, Along uh, Came John, I forget the actual title, the bad guy who's got the maiden strapped to the railroad track says... Uh, give me the deed to your property. If you don't give me the deed to your property, you're going to get run over by a train. So. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I feel more comfortable when I, when I have the ownership uh, in my house. But for some reason, they went away from it uh, years ago. And now the ownership is, is the property, not the property assessor, the uh, deed of trust. The register. The register of deeds, yes. Yeah. That's interesting how all of those things. It, uh, owning property has it, been a complicated issue in this country, I guess, ever since it began. Well, there are still parts of the country where uh, boundaries and such may be in dispute. But we were saying off the air that in Rutherford County, we've got records that go back to day one mm -hmm. because of the uh, revolutionary land grants. And uh, they began by laying a surveyor's line across what became Middle Tennessee. And then the original early grants would start at that line, which had been surveyed. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'd say, rough guess, about half of the early uh, pioneers, immigrants, businessmen coming into the county were surveyors. Yeah. Because of all the Middle Tennessee property that was being divided up to pay off the revolutionary soldiers had to be surveyed. Yeah. They made a lot of mistakes. As we've talked about before, it turned out to be an extremely corrupt uh, activity. Uh, but ultimately, it was all documented. Yeah. What happened, say, like, we were um, under siege by the Union Army, and uh, when all of that uh, was changed. How in the world did they um, uh, be able to get things back in order again? Well, uh, the military did not attempt to change the land designations and such. Obviously, they ignored it in terms of uh, supplying and uh, the combat activity. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it was intact. Now, in Rutherford County, I know that during the Civil War, at least one of the record books disappeared, and uh, unless they found it yesterday, it never has been found. Yeah. Uh, but the 
documentation before the period covered by that book and the documentation immediately after that gives us enough that we can reconstruct pretty much you know that missing record mm -hmm. but other than that uh, the records are all there they uh, take some practice uh, to move through some of those early records uh, the uh, the language used the penmanship of the handwritten records like I say it takes a little practice before you can uh, be confident on what you're reading or finding uh, but it's there and uh, you can even find uh, in fact it's excerpt it's uh, reproduced in one of my books you can find the original deeds signed uh, by uh, Captain Lytle yeah uh, and uh, you know that deed pretty much resolves any con uh, questions or opinions about the terms that were involved but it's all written out there now mm. one thing that people don't realize is at the bottom of that deed there's a signature William Lytle mm -hmm. well in all probability that signature has been placed there by the uh, recorder mm -hmm. uh, because uh, the original deed is presented to the county authorities. Back then it had to be approved and accepted by the county court. Then it goes to the recorder and he copies it into the official records. Yeah. Uh, word by word, including down at the bottom, the signature. And usually there'll be a, uh, a mark of some kind indicating the authentic signature. And then would give back the original original to the buyer usually mm -hmm. uh, and those disappear sometimes uh, some are still probably around so what you're seeing is the official record done by the county person charged with keeping the record mm -hmm. of the deed made by the private parties but that deed of record in the county files is the legal document the legal deed and if you need, for legal purposes, a copy, uh, you can get the current uh, recorder uh, or one of their staff to give you an authentication, a current authentication that this is a document in the files of the county, such and such and such and such. Mm -hmm. And that'll stand up as your legal documentation. Isn't that amazing? Because that's the most important thing you'll ever have uh, is your land in, in your home. And it's the thing that means so much to families over many, many, even hundreds of years. Well, it, you can see how important it is to the county to know who owns what property uh, now and even at times in the past. That's our tax base. Yeah. And, uh, you know, all commerce begins with some location. And uh, uh, who has the right and title to use that property? and who has the uh, liability, the obligation to pay the taxes. Yeah. Uh, that's the most important, to some extent, among the most important records a county holds. Uh, I almost said the most, and then I remembered birth certificates and death certificates are rather important as well. But we have seen things happen, just like the Horde uh, property, uh, out where the interstates are and everything is brought in. Uh, I do remember Mr. Horde, uh, Tommy and Bubba's daddy, and uh, they were wanting to maintain that property, family property, 
pretty much forever, but it goes through many, many generations. And then here comes the interstate and all the things that the government needs. So um, that's not what uh, you can do for yourself pretty much, but what you can do for your country. And well, you're touching on one thing that really distinguishes the United States of America from many other countries around the world and that is the property rights. Yeah. The sovereign, the ultimate sovereign, in our case, the government of the United States, uh, can take property for public purposes. Mm -hmm. But if your property happens to be the property the government wants to take, and this comes on down, that's delegated to the states, delegated to the county, you can challenge whether there's really a public purpose, and you go to another branch of our government, the judiciary, and make your argument. Uh, but if the government is going to take the property for a public purpose under the Constitution, they have to f pay fair value. Yeah. Now, you can go to other countries, and if the governing authority, the sovereign, decides they want to take a particular piece of property, they essentially say, get off. We're going to use this for something else. Mm -hmm. You don't have that uh, right to challenge the pur public purpose. You can also challenge whether it's fair price you're being given but you have to be given fair price and an opportunity to challenge the government's claim that it needs property for a public purpose. Obviously, putting in an interstate system and the way it was justified in its origins is certainly going to be a public purpose. Yeah. Uh, putting in a landfill can be a public purpose. Uh, Whoa, you're going too far. Yeah. <laughs> That's a smelly subject there, big boy. It is, and obviously it gets challenged. But. Have you ever seen anything as complicated as a landfill? <laughs> Trash, everything that goes with it, 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 it just brings up something in, that in our just life, irritates people. Well, in our lifetime, that's changed because I can remember the early dumps. Oh, I do too. We're literally dumps. Yeah. And in, uh, the best one, they dug a hole and dumped in the hole and covered it up. In fact, part of Nashville sits on top of some of those old dumps. Uh, and probably part of Murfreesboro does as well. Now, there are all kinds of requirements that have to be met. But they still smell. And, yeah, well, uh, I think part of the methane wells, they call them, yeah. is to help control the smell. They take the buildup of gases out of the, in our case, Mount Trashmore out there. Yeah. And I don't understand the, the science or technology all involved, but I do know it's a whole lot more complicated than it used to be. I can remember riding uh, with the family, my father, in Arizona to the dump, and I thought it was a fascinating place. You, you know? did? Oh, yeah, because everything was dumped there, and you'd find... Uh, well, I remember we had a bundle of pencils, and uh, just as soon as my father dumped it, it was little stubs from his architectural activity. Somebody grabbed it, and uh, you know, working the dump was almost uh, for some people, I, I guess, full-time activity. And as a as a seven-year-old, I saw all kind of neat things in the dump. Uh, is, is that did you? Get a degree from Vanderbilt for dump management or dump exploration. Dump. That was an understudy, <laughs> and uh, 
to some extent, uh, local history is kind of bottom feeding the, <laughs> the history. It's amazing how many things change and become um, pretty Generally much accepted. take over everything from one generation to the other. And uh, we're going through a, a lot of that right now. And some of us don't realize or don't focus at the given time on the fact that there's a whole lot of happened before we came along. I remember going into, I'll name it, a crystal restaurant mm -hmm. in Murfreesboro. That was a few years ago. And I tried to order with my hamburgers a uh, milkshake. And mm -hmm. the clerk at the counter said, oh, we don't do milkshakes. I said, yes, you do. At I, Crystal? I said, yes, you do. I've been used. He said, no, we don't do milkshakes. And uh, we never have. Said, you never have. And then I focused. And I'm talking to a young lady, probably in her early 20s. Uh -huh. And in her lifetime, they never have had milkshakes. In my lifetime, the hamburger and the shake was what you went there yeah. for. Uh, but we didn't have crystals when I was growing up. Well, that's right. They, well, they were in existence. Uh, uh, well, in Nashville was the closest, yeah. Davidson County. Yeah, they, there were some there. And uh, the, the history of fast food is fascinating, too, particularly since it has a close connection with Tennessee. Crystal was, of course, founded in Chattanooga. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Crystal headquarters were torn down, well, it's probably a long time ago, but within our lifetime, uh, the original Crystal headquarters was demolished and some other built in place. Uh, but the Crystal and the uh, White Castle, mm -hmm. all emphasizing white, clean, shiny, were the uh, reaction to a lot of health issues that were being raised by the mom and pop, we call them, establishments of the 1920s and, and before. Uh, and what they did was they moved all of the activity out where you could see it. Hmm. And uh, if you remember the early crystals, they made the hamburger right there where you could see it. You could yeah. see the grill, you could see the, the onions, and you could see what they were doing. And that was part of this kind of national fervor about clean restaurants that began in the 20s. And the name White Castle Crystal yeah. emphasized that clean, shiny look. Uh, how do we get on hamburgers? I don't know. You're making me hungry. <laughs> uh, Seems like I just ate. It's still uh, three good crystal cheeseburgers with extra pickle. It's hard to beat, but it'll, you'll remember it all afternoon. The, the uh, hamburgers back then were tiny. You'd have to get five or six hamburgers to, to even reach a, a one hamburger today. A, a teenage boy, that's right. I don't think I could handle more than three today. Yeah. But uh, what was the, what was the fast food place where the girls would come out in shorts and and uh, and roller skates? Do you remember that? Well, there were several. The, bar the barbecue out on yeah barbecue out on Nolansville Road was doing that. Yeah, and they had one on uh, Murfreesboro Road as you yeah, go into Nashville. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and wasn't long ago, a couple of weeks ago, I was at a, uh, what's the one now that's uh, the drive-in? It's one of them down on the Middle Tennessee Boulevard. Yeah, right. 
but the late, the young woman came out on skates, and it, on, on Middle Tennessee Boulevard. Yeah, down near the Krogers. Oh, I don't know. I've never seen that one. <laughs> well, some of them still use skates, but I don't think they require it anymore. Oh. It amazes me how they get around, open the door. I couldn't stuff. believe that they could even maneuver that yeah. way. Yeah. Sonic. Well, I you guess know Sonic. Do what? Sonic. It's oh. a drive-in. Uh, I don't think I've ever eaten at a Sonic. It's a little bit like the old crystals. You pull in and give your order. Yeah. Uh, and sit there in your car, and they bring it to you. Well, when you get old, you just kind of want a different type of, you want to be comfortable <laughs> w when you go in. I enjoyed the show today. Oh, are we Absolutely, through? yeah. We're, we're, yeah, we're well, if you time. don't have any lunch plans, let's head for the nearest crystal. I think there's still one in town somewhere. Where is it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we'll see you in the morning at 9. NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard. It's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.